Then there were two, Jim Monas, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. I don't know. I think most of America was rooting for something different, something new. But in the end, it's Mahomes, it's Shanahan, it's the usual suspects. It's a rematch of the Super Bowl down there in South Florida, right on the precipice of COVID. So I guess another pandemic's going to break out, right? That's what we could all brace for. I don't know what it's going to be, but there'll be something that completely shuts down human life as we know it, right around February, March. I'm all over the place, Jim, but I'll just say this for those who don't remember. It was mid-February, maybe early to mid-February of 2020 when I sat down with Sammy Watkins right out of that Super Bowl win and for a story of Bleacher Report. He basically predicted everything like COVID when we talked like COVID was just kind of like a a page F7 story in the newspaper. It was one of those things like you kind of heard about, but it's so far away. Nobody was really taking it seriously quite, quite then. And Sammy said that he sensed a darkness overtaking the world. And that darkness was going to change life as we knew it. He was right. So um, yeah, I kind of went off the rails there a minute and a half into this show, but yes, chiefs, Niners pandemic to follow, but at least we get to enjoy some football first. Tyler, what's happening? That was wild. And I almost feel like we're doing this podcast right now. I didn't get to see all the games, both games, all the action, other duties take precedence sometimes. But I was able to watch both games this morning on tape as we're taping here. So I am fresh after watching these games. And that was a wild ride. Um, Obviously, not the outcomes that I kind of was hoping for investment-wise. But... To your point, a lot to break down on the wildness of these quarterbacks. And that's kind of where I wanted to steer this. If you want to let, let, I think we go game by game, obviously, the two games, but go quarterback by quarterback and see where it leads us. And kind of. I'm with you. I think like, so I saw the games live and we had our our, uh, game day chat with Go Long subscribers, which was phenomenal. A ton of readers, a ton of fans from all different types of teams, which was great. Poor Tim Reuter, our loyal Lions subscriber fan. He uh, he was he was enduring it. He was struggling through it yesterday, as, as were all Lions fans. Um, but thank you to everybody who joined that. It was a lot of fun this year. We'll do it again for the Super Bowl. Uh, but like you, it's always good to kind of let it marinate for a night. I didn't want to dive right into a story. We didn't want to dive right into a podcast fresh out of the games. Let's uh, let's sleep on it. All of the uh, the hottest takes that we have boiling in the oven at 500 degrees. Let's let's let it cook for a little bit and see uh, see what comes of it. So we're, we're we're coming at these games, you know, Monday afternoon, maybe with a little more measured uh, nuance than we would have last night. I know Jim for sure. You were you were not happy last night. If we would, that's what we should do. We should do a. It's like the before and after weight loss picture. Um, we got before, before, uh, bed last night or after, you know, and today after we had some time to calm down, whatever word you want to use last night, I was good on Lamar Jackson. I thought Dan Campbell was too aggressive, blah, blah, blah. After watching both games today, everything's okay in both places. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Uh, yeah, we'll go. That's what I was gonna say. That's where. That's yeah. Do you want to start chronic, chronicle, yeah. chronological order? Yeah. Yeah. Patrick um, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. I mean, in terms of quarterback narratives, this is as good as it gets. I mean, you've got. You've got Michael Jordan. You've got the king on the throne of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes gunning for a third Super Bowl. And Lamar Jackson, the presumptive MVP. And you've got two quarterbacks in two different stratospheres. Were you surprised that Lamar Jackson looked that bad? And I'd say Patrick Mahomes looked that good. I mean, he came out looking really, really good. And, and essentially, he just didn't. He just didn't screw up like Lamar did, right? He kind of let the Ravens and their quarterback make the big mistakes and, and just chipped away. All right. You got me thinking. Uh, there's a lot I want to dive into here with, with this. Um, let's start with Mahomes. I, I don't want to spend – how about this? I don't want to spend a lot of time on Mahomes because we already – this is how this whole podcast started was because of him. So we already know our – I don't want to say infatuation with Mahomes, but obsession, whatever we have talked about, we try not to mention his name and somebody else's name a lot, but we already know he is the most talented ever. I think we've established it. Tyler, I can just tell you after watching that and grading him the way I grade those, the quarterbacks, he graded by obviously the highest of all the guys this weekend, but it may have been the highest game I've ever graded a quarterback because Tyler, when I grade the games, you have to remember, I grade big boy throws. Every play he was making was off the chart, phenomenal big boy plays. Even some of his runs and scrambles and throws you weren't thinking about. The touch he makes, I, we're already spending too much time on. He went from, I don't know if Michael Jordan ever went to this level for when I, I'm with, like, I don't, as if you can go higher, I, he, he went higher. Okay. You can keep that going. Means, it's worthy of the airtime. If we're talking okay. about Michael Jordan. It's, it's. Why? It's, like what, what would made those throws really pop to you? His, it's not, it's the, it's his ability to take hits, the toughness, his ability to scramble, take hits and somehow get rid of the ball. His anticipation of knowing that he's going to get hit. His awareness and natural feel that we always talk about point guards have that he's always had from the time we've talked about him at Texas Tech. He's always had this ability to make you say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Great play. Doug Marone told me when he watched Jiree Evans for the first time, the guard that we drafted from Bloomsburg, and we started, he started right as a rookie. And he said he knew he had a chance because he would tell him, you stepped wrong, you went the wrong way, you did this wrong, great block. Like, he somehow would always find a way to make the block. Mahomes does the same thing. I, you know, at this point, it doesn't look right. It's, it's not traditional sometimes. Yeah. And it's only he can do it. And I'm, I, I don't know how long we can talk about. But even the, the, the five- and seven-yard gains that you see in, like, the play-by-play – they don't tell the story. I'm, I'm, not, I don't know how long saying. it went for, but you know the one that he just kind of lollipopped to, over the the pass yeah. rusher to Kelsey. Yes, like, it was what, a what the hell was that? That's <laughs> just like straight up in the air, lands in his bread basket. 
That is exactly what I'm talking about, Tyler. You, that is exactly how I grade. And, and that type of play is a ridiculous play. And that gets that's a two point. Like it doesn't happen. Not people right. don't make good plays. So you you're he catching on. Has, yeah. He always has one run a game where right. it's it's been described as, you know, all of our toddlers running around the basement <laughs> with our phones or the remote, he right? Is. Where it's he's he's waddling, it's style. awkward, it's strange, but nobody can catch him. Nobody yeah. can touch him. It's just different than anybody that I've ever seen run with the football at any position. And they only scored 17 <laughs> points. I don't, I don't. He's Fred Flintstone tippy toeing, you know? Oh, no doubt. Oh, that is. Like, where is he going? Tiptoe. 17 points. And it's like one of the greatest games you'd ever watch a quarterback play. <clears throat> it was. And. You're right. They they kind of put the clamps down. Well, that's probably a little strong. The the Ravens played better defense. We're gonna get to yeah. We'll wrong. get to that. We'll get to that in a second. I want to wait. Let's stay with. Can we stay with Andy Reid a little bit? How did both those teams start the games? Think about the difference in the way the Chiefs came out. Almost, almost toyed with what we know is one of the best defenses in the NFL. But those first two series. It looked like it was going to be – it's going to have to be a shootout. Baltimore is going to have to find a way to score 35 points. You don't see – that's coaching right there. That is prep. And it was the exact opposite on the other side of the ball. And we all know that we – hey, Harbaugh's resume speaks for itself. But, I mean, come on. That was garbage. That three and out to start the game, that was some trash, Tyler. Like – Seriously, that's coming from obviously I'm a little bitter still, but three and out? You don't even you don't have some type of running game to come out against. I don't care that I don't care how Spags came out and was like, I'm gonna dare you to throw the ball. No. You come out and do the Kansas City does not stop the run. You do you dictate to that. You dictate. That's what you know you can do. You can run. They don't stop it. Run the ball. I'm like, it looked like a circus like playground football for the first, like those first couple series for Baltimore. I don't know if that coordinator, I don't know if he went into a panic where he was like, I, this, this game plan, I, I have to throw the ball. I have to do this. I have to do that. But it was, it, I didn't like it the whole game, Tyler, like the whole game. It never just, it never felt right. It just felt Lamar, try your best. And let, let me just stay on Lamar quick since I just brought him up. He actually played – his game was good enough to win the way their defense ended up playing. The way their defense ended up playing. Hmm. So I guess what I'm trying to say is if Kansas City was on their game and it was going to get into the 30s, that was going to be an abs- that was going to be an embarrassment. But Baltimore's defense to that, that, that first couple series after that, Man, they like honed in. They made Kansas City fight and earn. Mahomes took a beating. They made Kansas City fight for everything they got after that. Everything to even get after they got those quick 14, they only ended up with 17. The Ravens had so many chances. The Zay Flower stuff, I don't even want to talk about. I mean, we're going to. When I say that, I mean, I can't imagine how he must feel for, you know, look, I don't know a lot about his character or anything about him man that was selfish that was just selfish that didn't seem like it just seemed like something got he was out of sorts like 
you can't, the moment can't be like that for you. You're a first round pick. You've made plays before. Act like you've been there. Act like you've been there. I love a good taunt, but that's why a good taunt is hard to pull off because the timing has to be perfect. It's got to be well executed. You know, there's a lot of different, there might be a storyline involved. Antoine Winfield sticking the peace sign in Tyreek's face in the Super Bowl at that moment. That that's a 10. So Zay Flowers with what he did in that moment is a negative 10. I, I don't even know if it registers on the scale. That that's about as poor as it gets in terms of well said. Well said. Well said. I can't do it any better. Poor as it gets. So just on the Ravens offense, I, 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 this has been discussed quite a bit today for good reason. But Gus Edwards, I had three carries. That's what I'm trying you, to say. You would yeah. think that that running game would be central to whatever Todd Monken's devising because of Kansas City's run defense um, and because of what you can do off of that run game when you're Baltimore. You know, Lamar is part of the run game, but even his eight carries, it was more so Lamar not really knowing when to run. He just seemed a, a split second yeah. slow. Now I take off or mm-hmm. they're doing this to me. Okay, I'm going to wait. Okay, now I'll go. there weren't a lot of designed runs for Lamar, but for Gus Edwards to have three carries for 20 yards, Justice Hill, three carries for three yards. They gave Zay Flowers too. I mean, for Baltimore, not to run the ball. I mean, hell, they've been running the ball since we were all in diapers, since they they existed as a franchise. Didn't make any sense. I think, though, this was the mismatch in this game. Todd Munkin, upgrade over Greg Roman, give him all of the Flowers poor pun intended that you want turning this offense around modernizing the offense, but that is not a fair fight. Todd Munkin versus Steve Spagnolo. Are you kidding me? You've got Todd Munkin who was with, you know, Tampa Bay and he's in college football with Georgia. He's done a lot of, a lot of great things schematically with that, with that offense. But Spags has been here to me. I'm with you on Mahomes all the way. Mahomes was unbelievable. We didn't even get into the throw of the game to close it to Marquez Valdez-Scandling. I mean, you just expect that stuff. But I, I think that <laughs> just – think about the big games that he's had on defense. We, we, we've spoken a lot about the abysmal games that the Buffalo Bills have had with Sean McDermott in this spot against Kansas City, against Cincinnati, Houston, the EPA. All of his worst games happen at all the worst times. For, for all the great regular seasons that the Bills have, they pick the worst time to have their worst defensive games. Now, Spagnola, you know, they might go through something in the regular season. He was even a part of one of the worst defenses in NFL history with the New Orleans Saints once upon a time. But time and time again in the playoffs, when he's got to design a game plan for some of the best players in football, he just finds a way to crawl inside of your headspace and make your life living hell. Lamar, Lamar looked like he was in hell. So I think about that uh, Saints season uh, with Spags uh, that I was a part of. Um, a small part as an area scout on the road. So, you know, I was not in Bonin. the road. I'm putting that one on Jim Bonus. But no, I want to talk about what I do know. Um, know enough about and was a part of. And <clears throat> I think about that. You want to talk, we talk about being set up for failure. That was the suspension season for uh, Coach Payton. We were literally, think about how wild this sounds now. 
we were rotating head coaches weekly because each guy was getting suspended for the last thing, whether it was Joe Vitt for the whatever that whole scandal was. And then I think Cromer took over. And I think he went on a suspension. I don't even know if he was. No, maybe not Cromer. But it was they wrote. We literally rotated like three head coaches. I think Spags. I don't even. I'm telling you, Tyler. Point of that story. That year when Coach Payton got off the suspension, we were at the Senior Bowl. So it was right now. And this time of year, I should say. And we had a big meeting. All scouts were there. You know, everybody's at the Senior Bowl. And it went down. Like, I could tell that night Coach Payton was ready to move on. And I I won't get into great details, but it was basically – you know, the coordinators, it was a player by player roster evaluation with um, like Ryan Pace ran the meeting who is in Atlanta now, but he was like the director of pro personnel for the Saints at the time. Um, actually, I think he may have been director of player personnel as well. Either way, he kind of ran the meeting. Coach Payton had come back. And it was a back and forth between Coach Payton and Spags that I was like, OK, I'm, you know, we've all been in those situations, like the uncomfortable uh we're going to see where this is heading relationship. And I think it was like the next week. I think it went down. Might have been the next day. I forget. Well, he, I anyway. had to look it up just to make sure. Yeah. In 2012, that's when Spagnola was the defensive coordinator. The Saints allowed the most yards in a season for any defense in NFL history. And the Saints missed the playoffs for the first time in four years. Soon after Payton's suspension ended, Spagnola was fired January 24th. Wow, your memory is spot on. Tyler, because it was not something that, as an area scout, those aren't things you're a part of a lot. You know, as an area scout, you're used to your, you know, Fairfield ends, then your little corner in a college football office watching tape, and then a little meal of Panera Bread, and then, you know, on to the next school. All of a sudden, you're like, you're seeing like, whoa. I mean, his his career arc is is wild when you really look at it. I, wild he, he claim to fame there. Mm. Obviously, he's coming up under Andy Reid with the Eagles, but then he's the D coordinator with the Giants when they beat the undefeated, invincible Patriots. He's the head coach of the Rams. Easy to forget he was a head coach for a team. The St. Louis Rams obviously it ended poorly, and then he has the year with the Saints. He, he's with the the Ravens as a defensive assistant in 13 secondary coach in 14 comes back to the giants for 2015, 2016, 2017. He's the interim coach for a little bit in there. And then 2019 on, he's been the DC for Andy Reed and the chiefs. Hey, it speaks for itself. That is just, that was just, like I said, I look back on that and just like that, that was set up for failure. No chance. All right. So what did you see out of his defense? whether it's scheme or individual players making plays, how are they able to do this to Lamar Jackson? I like the way you just, you you sparked me by saying it was the individual players because I'm I'm going to, I'm pulling up their roster. I'm glad you said that, but their secondary and linebackers were fierce, but the secondary, especially they were tackling, like they were nasty tackling I mean, everything, you know, getting after the ball, getting in their heads, violent, violent football. Mm-hmm. That goes for the whole playoffs, to be honest with you. Every team, do you see how even the first round goes from 
the level of intensity goes up to the, in the final four in the conference right. championships. Like it, it goes up. Um, but they were so, they're always in position. They're always surrounding and flying to the ball, finishing the play, looking to make a turnover. Um, you can't say enough. And his team's always play. That, that's what he's always had. I mean, it, it seems like no matter what, the teams take on their, their coaches' personalities deep. I always said that. It, it, you can tell when they buy in, they buy in. Um, all right, number 20, Tyler. Um, Justin Reed. He enjoys contact. Thank you. Drew um, Tranquil. I was just going to say number 23. Man. I haven't written that. Here you go. Yep. Drew Tranquil is my next one, Tyler. Man. Like, that's what I noticed. So there, you see what I'm saying? That's what stood out to me. Just the way those guys are. That's coaching right there. Those are those guys are tuned in. They are in sync with everything that they're being coached to do. And then you have the special guy up front that we talk about every podcast that I'm on record. I mean, we know what we've said. It's debatable for me, him or Aaron Donald, but. He shows up every game, Chris Jones. And and one quick note on on Chris Jones too, and it's I hadn't really thought of this in depth, but it's it's just so fascinating to me how he really does pick and choose his spots. Yeah, you see him come out of the game. It's like this agreement that he has with with Spagnola and Andy mm-hmm. Reid. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I need a breather here. If you if you want the best version of me, I've I'm only going to give you a, what eight regular season tackles uh, in in quarters one through three the entire season. I believe that's the number. He is not going to give you much against the run, which is another reason why it, it, it boggles the mind that the Ravens wouldn't exploit that and just run the ball or at least try to dictate those terms. But he ends Cincinnati season with the sack of Burrow on third down a year ago. He ends the Bills season just walking Deion Dawkins back right into Josh Allen, affecting that throw just enough to Khalil Shakir in the end zone. And, you know, he he bats that ball in this game. He is, as George Karloftis told me back in the Super Bowl year ago, Shaq. I mean, if if you're looking for Shaq in pro football, it's it's Chris Jones. Perfect comparison. Don't ask him to shoot a three. (laughs) Right. Right, like Shaq shooting free throws is Chris Jones stopping the run. So doesn't want it's not going. It's not. It's just not a match. But if you get just because we have you on here, Jim. I mean, you've been in front offices, um, several front offices, so you can relate. I think we kind of gets lost because the Chiefs have drafted so well, and the Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes. But it seems like they're so good at okay, we. We face this defensive player in the regular season or the playoffs, and we like this player, and we'll, we're just going to sign him. I mean, Justin Reed played for the Texans for four years, I believe. They, yeah, they faced him in the playoffs. That one, that crazy game when the Texans were up by like three scores, and then the Chiefs scored like fifty unanswered. But you know, that's somebody they're familiar with in in the AFC. Drew Tranquil, he he played four years with the Chargers, fourth round pick out of Notre Dame in twenty nineteen. So. You know, th- these are guys that you see and you take notes. That's probably like your pro personnel department and, and the coaching staff kind of collaborating and saying, all right, we got to get this guy. He fits what we do. Um, is that stuff that I know you're on the college scouting trail, but I, mean, I imagine you can relate to that. 
No, even with the bills when I was so when I was bills, director yeah. of personnel. No, we I was tied. I was in those meetings where yes, the pro department runs that you know that side of the scouting um, as far as being on top of the list and keeping track of those guys. But you're exactly right. You'll notice every you see it with every GM before every game. Usually, you're down there on the other side watching those teams warm up because it is fun to see a guy you may not be too familiar with, but you've seen on tape enough to know you like him. Now you kind of want to see him in person, move around, watch him warm up a little bit. Cause yeah, you know, he may be a free agent or, you know, that, Hey, they, they're not, he's not happy there. So yes, plenty of scouting always going on. But the Chiefs, Where do you want to take this game? you were talking about Brett Veach. Yes. I wanted to touch on that because I think that's a good point you made. They, I almost feel like it, the good teams, they always, we, we say they always look, their players and positions always look the same, no matter. They almost take the jersey off on a guy. That young tight end they have behind Kelsey right now, he looks pretty good. Like, <laughs> I think they're going to keep this thing rolling. I'm already thinking Kelsey's going to retire this year probably. That's my new thing, Tyler. He's, he's, I think it's all done. I think it's really? retirement, marriage, kids, Taylor, let's go. Um, I think he and his brother have it all set up. Their show is going to be a hit. They can make money with that. Enough's enough. Let's get another ring. Let's go party, have kids, whatever. Um, which I get. But that that tight end, they're not going to skip the beat. Number who um, Watson was not Watson. Um, Noah sorry, Gray's I, I wrote him down too. No, okay. So he's. I'm sorry. It's not a tight end. It was um, Justin Watson, the tight the Justin that Watson, kid from yeah. Penn. I, I wanted to talk about him. That was just a guy that I was like, another guy. How do you get, where do you guys get these, you know? Um, point being, they are ready to always replace the next guy. Andy Reid, Brett Veach. Think about Andy Reid's tight ends over his whole career. Wherever he goes, it's gonna he's going to have a great tight end. Just know it. Just going to happen. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, I think they're built to sustain. Obviously, because Mahomes seems, I think the guy is seriously psychotically driven to keep this thing rolling. I don't know if everybody else can. Like, I think Kelsey's like, hey, man, after this one, <laughs> good luck. I hope you can keep it going, but I'm out. Like, you have a, he is, he just seems, the way he was before the game and the difference in his, his, his confidence coming into that game, coming out in the first series, compared to Lamar's, was as a gambler, it was like you wanted to call somebody and say, help. Like, I just made a horrible – I think I just made the worst bet of the year. Like, what? what is this? Like, just tossing Justin Tucker's kicking balls which, and tee the to way, the side. Get the, get the, I don't know the hell out of here. I'm Justin. not sure if they're – I don't know if right, they're tight. Right. Yeah, they might all be tight, but they – um Tuck, yeah, Tucker was wrong on that. I mean, he's not supposed to be doing that. At that You're that right, point. though. It's a different level focus with Patrick Mahomes. It's, it's hard to quantify, but you see it. You can feel it. You can hear it. It's it's clear at the start of these games. and the start of these playoff games, he just takes his game to a different level. I mean, it is Jordan in that sense. It, you're, 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 just, you're just caught in his world, and I don't know what you can do. I mean, this was the year to get the Chiefs. So shame on the rest of the AFC. This was the year. If you're Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens with the number one defense and the MVP quarterback and getting the Chiefs at home. If you're the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen, I don't want to hear about the injuries. 
for the love. The defensive mm-hmm. line was healthy. Your safeties were healthy. You had Taron mm-hmm. Johnson. You had Rasul Douglas. You had your shot. You had your shot. You had Josh Allen. I mean, maybe it just ends right there. And you had Mahomes against Josh Allen at home in your house, and you couldn't win. Who else? I mean, the Bengals, bad luck. Joe, Joe Burrow gets hurt. Uh, Jacksonville, 8-3, and three, completely falls apart. All of these teams. Miami, more points, more yards than anybody in the NFL. They do what Miami does. They fall apart. Th- this was the year. You've got Patrick Mahomes sprinting after the ref. What's he going to do? Like, if he's not held back, what's what's the plan there? I know we've talked about it, but you know he's losing his mind. And the Kadarius Tony offsides. He's receivers are dropping passes to win games. Calls are breaking the wrong way. The Christmas game against the Raiders just pathetic. It looked like they couldn't even function on offense that game. And you you get him in your house if you're Buffalo, and you're Baltimore. And he still finds a way. The Chiefs still find a way. Yeah, I mean, I know Kelsey's older, and maybe he does retire. They're going to find another weapon or two mm-hmm. or three. They'll be fine. They're going to evolve think, though, Tyler, you made me think about this with the regular season. I, there's got to be a way. They need to stop with these awards being voted for. In the regular season, I'm good on this regular season MVP crap. Like, it needs to be, let's wait and vote. Let's just wait. A postseason should be everything. I, I'm done. Because to your point, how did the Baltimore Ravens have the worst game statistically in two years? And we're supposed and that's the MVP over just even really over Josh Allen. I mean, I know. Who are you taking? I mean, really, how should that who the heck are you taking in that right now? It's not even close. Take Josh Allen all day for MVP right now. Like I'm, I'm, you take you take Mahomes every every well, year that, basically. Tyler, Tyler, yeah. Tyler, that's that's always the given. That's always number one. That's I'm right. Saying after right. Mahomes, after Mahomes. I love how we started the podcast by you know we're not going to talk about Mahomes that much. It's still nothing but Mahomes talk. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's only won MVP twice, he, and I mean he, he probably could have won it every single yeah, year. Fine, who cares? Give it to him every year. Yeah, NBA, same thing. I, same I remember thing. Remember, like Dirk Nowitzki and the number one seeded Mavs getting beat same. by the the Warriors, and he wanted it. Just it makes for awkwardness. Just it, it's it's proven that it, it it has happened in football. I think somehow, where it's such a long year, players are known. There are games that they're just not going to. It's not the NBA where they're just not showing up at all or not dressing. But I, there are, and you hear, you hear us talk about it in the, you know, when we talk about gambling, the letdowns, I'm like, Tyler, this is this, they're not showing up this week. Trust me. Like this one, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it's true. Like there are letdown opportunities and players know it. They know when the games count, when they don't, as far as getting to the postseason. what are the goals? I just, I have just an issue with Lamar Jackson being MVP over Josh Allen after what we just saw. That's all. Are you out on Lamar Jackson? Like no. Until he steps up in one of these playoff games, yeah. are you done? That, that's you where go. you were last night. <laughs> there it is. I said. I think I said it last year. I was like, and last year too. I was like, hey, he's got to do it in the postseason. You know, had his chance this year. I'm not out. 
let's just put the ceiling on them. I, the Dak, the Dak Prescott thing is out there, I guess, the comparison. Um, as far as is there a ceiling on this quarterback? Um, or is there a ceiling on the combo Harbaugh, Lamar, and this O's, whatever, you know, is that the ceiling? Like McCarthy, Dak, is that combo the ceiling? Or is it one or the other? But it's hard for me to think watching some of the missed throws yesterday that he did make and the critical decision, uh, the, the, the interception obviously has been beat to death, talked about, but it just, it's easy to say it can't happen, but it can't happen. Especially when we're, this is what you're being judged on, the postseason. Um, I, I think about Michael Vick, the comparison, Lamar and Michael Vick. For me, it's Michael Vick. I didn't. You're taking I, Vick over Lamar. Yeah, I'm going to stick by it. I, I always thought it, and I thought Lamar would take it over. I'm like, oof, Lamar's going to, I don't know, man. I don't feel like Vic had meltdown. I have to go back and look at his postseason more before I say that. I just don't remember Vic having postseason being being the issue possibly in the postseason. Well, he wasn't there much. Uh, you know, he pranced around snowy Lambeau Field in the wild card, and I think it was what a couple years later that Atlanta made it to the NFC Championship game and lost to. Lost to Philly, your your Philly Eagles, I believe. That was the game we I talked about. Then. Yeah, we had talked yeah. about that game where it was like that was the most wild, violent football. That's when I that was when I was that's when I realized playoff football violence. Yeah, that game. It, it it's interesting though. I mean, Lamar Jackson is we we picture the highlight reel. I guess his numbers are still MVP worthy. He's he's going to win the award. Um, it just yeah. feels like he. This is probably good for his evolution. Like you want to win from the pocket. You need to win from the pocket this time of year. If you're, if you're going to take down Mahomes, but it's been at the expense, not, not a lot, but, but just enough of, of his threat as a runner. Like he's not quite as explosive of a runner. You know, his longest run this year was 30 yards. I mean, he still ran for 821 yards. Uh, but, you know, and I think of Lamar Jackson, I'm thinking of him running away from an entire defense. And it's just a lot of like six yard chunks and, you know, maybe a first down here, first down there. Not, not quite this dude is revolutionizing the sport kind of stuff. Because if, you, if you're, if you're not winning from the pocket and he hasn't in the playoffs and you better be able to do that other stuff. And he had he had that play, the first touchdown, right? I mean, he just com- completely posterizes. I forget who it was that he just kind of flipped over him and throws a touchdown. He can do that. <laughs> I mean, we hard know way to make a living, though. That's that's what we always talk about, and it's what Anthony Richardson is going to have to figure out as far as the you know staying healthy. Number one, we saw what happened to Cam Newton over time. Like it just it just was like that just keep chipping away at his body almost. I just looked up just a quick comparable, but Michael Vick, his touchdown percentage and interception percentage in the postseason were slightly better than Lamar's. Like enough to say that he 
like that comparison is a good one. It really is. It's the ultimate kind of perfect comparison. Is either style is that style good enough to win a Super Bowl? It's proven not to be. It's proven I agree. Yeah. He is now in that category, fair or unfair, of athletes who just can't win in the playoffs. I mean, there, there's been a lot of star athletes that have kind of had that label, and that's just going to hover over him until proven otherwise. Detroit. Let's go. San Francisco. Shall we? Let's go. Yes, that was. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Mahomes, so I've got a column cool. at the website on Dan Campbell. I uh, hit publish on it right before we hit record. So I doubt Jim had Not time yet. to squeeze that in. Not yet. But that's what we're all debating, discussing. The world has an opinion on all things. Dan Campbell. Um, if you haven't checked it out, I try to flesh out a nuanced uh, perspective on the matter because I get it. Look, I, I get there is a line. There, there is a line when it comes to risk taking. As I wrote, like the first, fourth down, it's fourth and two. You've got an opportunity to stick the dagger in the 49ers. You know you've got a pretty bad defense, particularly the secondary. And you know they're hanging on for dear life, right? You, Dan Campbell's taking all of this into consideration as his offense is driving down the field, 24-10, fourth and two. You've been moving the ball at will. And you go for it instead of kicking the field goal to go up three scores. I mean, instantly that was the pushback. How can you turn down the opportunity to go up three scores? All right, on that first decision, Jim, where I'm at, there's still 22 minutes left in the game. You're still dealing with a, a bad secondary, bad defense on your part, being Detroit. But you know your strength is running up running up the points. Like just you you need you need to look for maximum amount of points if you're Dan Campbell at that point. I think like you you go for it, you keep your foot on the gas. And Taylor Decker was beat by Nick Bosa off that left edge, forced Jared Goff to step up. We all know his numbers when he's not facing pressure versus when he is facing pressure. It's it's night and day. So it was just enough. Like he still was able to step up and deliver a throw, but it was a little rushed. The ball still hit Josh Reynolds's hands and he dropped it. And we all know what happened next. Brock Purdy heaves and hopes. I mean, he just chucks it. It's like it's like us in the backyard with our dad. I mean, there's that, nothing artistic about that throw. I'm sorry. Just, so, just to tell you, that was zero points on the grading scale. He got nothing <laughs> for that play. Just so we can be, just so we're clear, that was garbage. It was. Yep. I mean. Yep. And you know he knows he's got an opportunity with Brandon Ayuk one on one against Kendall Vildor, who is on his fourth team. He's been bouncing around practice squads. He's been somewhat of a godsend for the Lions. I mean, they've just been trying everybody that they can at corner and safety all season long. Um, but v Vildor, he, he plays the route beautifully. I mean, he kind of cuts it off. He puts himself in position to die for an interception, and obviously it hits him in the face mask, and Brandon Ayu makes the catch. Jameer Gibbs run, runs the wrong way, gets the handoff, fumbles the ball. San Francisco scores. Uh, 
I mean, hell, you've got Jameson Williams dropping a touchdown on a flea flicker. But where I will agree with the mob is on that second, fourth down. When it's fourth and three from the San Francisco 30, you're down 27-24. They go for it. Another incomplete pass. Because the, the way Dan Campbell explained it, I mean, you could follow his his reasoning here, and that's the case I made. Like you, you got to this point for a reason. If you're Dan Campbell and the Detroit Lions, it's it's because you have injected this belief one through fifty three at all times, going for it, being aggressive. That's the only way you can resurrect what's been a tortured franchise, one of the most tortured franchises in all sports. I mean, so, but in that case, man, I, I get it. It's a what, 47, 48 yard attempt, but kick, kick the field goal there, make it to tie game. I get it. Like he didn't, he didn't want San Francisco then bleeding the clock, but you still have your timeouts. There's still seven minutes left. You can still get that ball back some way, somehow, even in worst case scenario, they score a touchdown. You know that he's got about a dozen two point plays in the bag of tricks. So if you, if you want to end it on your terms, you still have that ability to end it on your terms. Instead, all of a sudden they're in a 10 point hole. And then the other big mistake is obviously at the doorstep third, third and goal at the one and you choose to run. So you get stuffed. You're forced to use a timeout and it turns into, okay, if you, you score a touchdown, you've got the opportunity to play defense to get the ball back. Now you've got to try an onside kick. And I think the NFL was what two of 42 something like that into this game on onside kicks. So that's how disaster happens. I mean, it was a, a total meltdown. I've got, I've got a lot more thoughts, but I'll stop rambling and get your uh, perspective on this game. No, I, I like how you summed that up. Uh, Cause it was, you did a good job of going through the, the you know, the key issue calls uh, that we'll talk about. The, the run is the one I struggle with. That just seemed that seemed that wasn't that was time that was time management that's not analytics that's i feel like that's when you gotta give yourself the best chance right now don't that's the one the other ones tyler after watching it i was you know last night i was once again uh, you know you can't do that blah blah blah. you can't when i watched it again they played like that all year they know what they're getting they're all on board with it they're all good with it Tough breaks, make catches. I feel like we that's the theme. Buffalo Bills, make a catch. Detroit, make the catch. That's how you get to the Super Bowl. That's what separates you from that's what separates you from these teams that are going to the Super Bowl. There you have to make the plays that separate you. So anyway, that's I'm good with it. They they're gonna be just fine. I will say this though, Tyler. After looking at all the grade and all four this weekend, golf is drastically, he's just drastically limited compared to these other guys. Even, I mean, he just, that it just shows up. Like any sort of pressure affects him because his lack of just ability to be flexible and move. Um, he is very, he's just rigid. And, and we love the toughness. The accuracy runs it. The offense. We know their stats. Can you get? To, can you win the Super Bowl with him? Is where they're at right now. 
contract negotiations with Jared Goff will Oof. commence soon. Oof, I know. So if you're Brad Holmes, a GM who you you know from your days with the Bills, with the Saints, with the Eagles, I'm sure you've crossed paths with Brad Holmes out on the scouting trail. You know, he he was with Goff with the Rams. He knows him as well as anybody. What's the magic number for golf? Because the Lions did reach the NFC Championship game. He was a major reason why. <laughs> He's tough as hell. They feed off his energy. And Lee McNeil made that point last week in our story. He just said, look, this is he is our general. He is our leader. How he's feeling is how this entire team is feeling. There, There's a toughness to Jared Goff that has been underappreciated. Yet, if uh, you're Jim Onis here, you you're, you might see a fatal flaw. You might see something that's preventing you from getting over the – it's it's crazy to think the Lions could reach the same point that Sean McVay and the Rams did, thinking, oh, is this guy only going to take us so far? Would they, would they really think that way in negotiations? The best way I would say it, Tyler, I would try to structure it somehow where he could get – this is everybody wishes, but it has to happen next year for me. Like it's, you can't, this can't get, you can't get tied into him. That would be how I would say it. I would not be, I would not be tied into him. Hmm. I would do whatever I could to keep him. I would do whatever I could to make this run one more year for sure. Cause you know, you're good enough. You know, you're good enough to get to where you just were. You were just a, you know, that was your game to win. Do great quarterbacks let that game go like that? I don't know. See, I thought golf played great. <laughs> I thought he was great. Tyler, you got to really, do I, his throw that first, those first two drives, that was every completion was, it was like high school, man. They weren't, at, they were schemed up. They weren't, that was, it weren't, it wasn't on. I'm telling you, watch his, they weren't, he didn't have, but any, I'm okay with it. If it was schemed up, that's what I'm it was schemed up, whatever. But he's, I'm just saying, he doesn't, it's not even close to those other guys, the, the, the Superman type plays that these other quarterbacks are making right now. He doesn't have that in him. He is. He Who is. are those quarterbacks in the NFC then? Because they're on the AFC. No, Purdy. Purdy's a Superman quarterback. Oh, you, you better watch this. You better watch that tape. I have one, two, three, four, five plays. Hmm. I guess I'm an anti Purdyite. I had one on golf, <clears throat> but I think that's what I kind of like about golf. He's, he's, he's going to make the right throw in the right situation. And Jamison Williams, your first round pick Gotta is dropping a, a touchdown. Make a catch. Josh Reynolds dropping two of those. Yeah. Running back. Jameer Gibbs turns the wrong way. It's a miracle. Jared Goff was able to even get the ball to him on the handoff. And then Gibbs fumbles. I have a hard time putting any blame on golf this game. I thought he, I thought he was steely, tough on the road, right? He's outside of outside of the dome. That was a big question. How is he gonna play? And I know the weather was great, but it's still a road game against no, he played good what game. we all assumed was one of the best defenses in the NFL. And he he played well enough to win. I oh yeah. I, I think I think you want to sign him to a long term deal. I just don't think it's gonna be north of fifty a year. I don't think you're getting into Herbert Burrow range if you're the Lions. You're trying to get in that tier right below it. But if I'm Goff's representation, I'm 
Hell yeah, I'm asking for everything. Oh yeah, after that season. It. Oh, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get what he's in leverage, and he's got all the leverage. But what's this offense gonna look like without Ben Johnson? Like he's pulling the levers. It he's the matter. one should not. I can go wherever he wants. Tyler shouldn't matter one bit if you're gonna commit the money to that quarterback. Ken Dorsey. And that's kind of your point here. Ken Dorsey. You know, um, who's the new guy? Joe Brady. Just flip him in, flip him out. Josh Allen's rolling. Still putting up numbers. So I'm just looking at their staff here. You've got Mark Brunell as your QB coach. Alex Van Pelt's still out there. I guess Ken Dorsey just went to Cleveland. Oh, you know who's out there? Pete Carmichael. I don't know who like it's going to be, but that's that hire is going to be essential for the Lions to keep. Oh, you know, that's interesting. That's an interesting one. You bring up Pete Carmichael because of Dan Campbell's uh, Saint connection there, even though it wasn't crazy long. So, back to Dan Campbell though, and the aggressiveness. I, I think it's an important point to make because he is getting killed. Get. Give me the coach who's going to take the kill shots, who's going to go down swinging. Because as I'm watching this meltdown, and I know we've got some Packer fans that listen, so sorry for bringing up a little trauma here. It's going to sting. The 2014 NFC Championship game against Seattle comes to mind. When you see a team just lose a game in such gut-wrenching fashion, where on the surface, it's pretty similar, right? Like, a lot of the plays you saw from Detroit in the 2023 NFC Championship game mirror the plays you saw at a Green Bay in the 2014 NFC Championship game where you're up 16-0 and there's Seattle doing a fake field goal, throwing a touchdown. You're up 19-7 and there's Julius Peppers telling Morgan Burnett to get down after he picks off Russell Wilson, fourth interception for Wilson. Burnett goes down. Next thing you know, Brandon Bostic is botching the onside recovery. But when when you really rewatch those games, and I covered that one, I think it was Quest Field at the time, Century Link, whatever the hell it was. So different. So different. How Mike McCarthy, now I know the game has changed a lot in a decade, so maybe that has a lot to do with it. But the way Mike McCarthy coached that game versus the way Dan Campbell coached this one, Green Bay should have been up 28-0 at halftime. They they kicked two field goals at the one-yard line against Seattle to go up 6-0 instead of 14-0. They're at the one-yard line, Legion of Boom. You know, driving down the field is an odyssey against that defense. You get that far, set up for two field goals. Fourth and one, later in the half, midfield, settle for another field goal. I should say, you know, pass midfield, another field goal. I believe they punted on fourth and one in the second half as well. And then after that Burnett interception that he maybe brings back for a touchdown if Peppers doesn't tell him to get down, McCarthy just handed it to Eddie Lacy and he ran into a brick wall three times in a row, two of the runs for losses. So, I mean, that was a very passive, apathetic play not to lose. Seg- you know, you're, Mike McCarthy signaled to his team that day we're, we're only here not to lose, guys. We're not here to actively win the game. It was 
gosh, every opportunity to bury Seattle, the coaching was soft. It, it didn't reflect the mentality that you really need in that environment. A contrast that to Dan Campbell taking his team into uh, Santa Clara against the number one seeded Niners. It was, we are here to effing win, and we're going to do everything in our power to win the game in every possible way. We're going to go for it. We're going to do flea flickers. We're going to take chances because that's what it takes. So both meltdowns, but give me that. Give me that coach. Give me that mentality. That's what's going to eventually get you over the hump. It didn't this year. I get it. He was justifiably so, you know, apoplectic. Apoplectic? Yeah. That, Kirk that, say that word? He, yes. was, he was upset. He was emotional. And he even, he, I loved how honest he was. Just like, he, he said he told his players after the game, like, this, you might never get back to this game. This might be it. It's true. It's true. It is hard to build a culture and a team. That's that confident. You know, forget talent. They weren't nearly as talented as the 49ers, but they were confident. They believed. And the reason they believed was because of the way Dan Campbell coaches and manages games. So all of the criticism directed toward him, it just is uh doesn't make much sense to me. And I, and I don't even agree with that that second, fourth down decision, like I said. But the reason they were in this game was because of how Dan Campbell coaches. And the confidence they have in the quarterback. The team believes in the quarterback. You can see it. And I like your – I mean, look, they a team that is well-coached like the Chiefs, they come on the road and come out of the kick their first possession, go right – you know, get your three and out, go right down the field and score. Detroit, right down the field and score. Like, man, those are well-coached football teams. That's yeah. that's prep. That's ready to – these guys, we're ready to go. We're ready to travel. This is business. I don't know. I've just been a part – I was lucky enough to be a part of that Saints – when you can see the steamroll coming, you can see when you are the 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 front of the train. You know, you're the lead train. Like you are the front of this machine that is rolling right now. Like nobody's stopping us. And Detroit and had that's that why feeling. It's gonna hurt. Detroit had that feeling. Green Bay had it too. Green Bay, Green Bay, Bay it blew too. it too. Green Bay had it. I mean, too this year, I'm, I'm talking with it, with this team. Yeah. No question. No question. Think about it. They and that's how hard it is to finish games. So hard. It's going to be a different team. You know, a lot of players are going to get paid. You think about Panay Sewell. He might be the best lineman Ooh. in football. Hey. Amon Ross St. Brown. Jared Goff. Aiden Hudson eventually. Yeah. And you've got to fill some needs on defense along the way, too. It will be difficult for Detroit to replicate what they were able to do this season. Tyler, you brought up Brad Holmes. I was smiling. He was one of my favorite guys. We, we trust me, spent a lot of time watching tape together on the road. You name a school really? in the southeast. Oh yeah, I promise you, we were together probably at every school once over across. The, oh yeah, you just sit there, drink your coffee, talk, blah blah blah. Nice guy. Well, yeah. What well, what stood out about Brad Holmes in that setting? Brad's very. Um, I like his style. He, he's not in a rush to get through the day on a school visit. Um, you can see the scouts that they, they I got to watch this. I got to get this because I got to go to the next school or I got to get to the next place. You know, you can you can tell when guys are kind of in a rush. Brad, Brad was always like just prepared. He gave every school, which I think is one of the number, maybe number one quality for any scout. 
every school you go to treat the same. I don't care where you're at. Alabama, Bloomsburg, St. John Fisher. Treat it the same. Bring your donuts in there. Say hi to the coaches. Thank them. Sit down and watch tape. They're letting you into their house, basically. You know, have and 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 then go to practice. Just be, just be, give the players a chance. Every college coach would always tell the scouts their best practices when we were there because that's, you know, the players want to play. Anyway, Brad was just always dialed in. You could just tell he was, he, you could tell he had a passion for it. Pro days, we always get to know each other at pro days. You know, guy, it was always just work well together at pro days. It was fun. Easy to work with. What a tandem with Dan Campbell. They know what they want and they, in those. No doubt. Out and of their scouts, out of everybody. You're right about that right tackle, Sewell. I mean, I know you've talked, you and Bob talked about him forever, but it's, they hit on Sewell. He, he's, he's on track to be, like I talked about Trent Williams. Here could be the next Trent Williams. He, he's going to get in that category. You want to talk about somebody who loves football, and it's another one of those cliches that we all thought was cliche, but then you've lived it, Jim. When you're in personnel departments, when you're, on a coaching staff, you really do see there are some guys who, who who like football and some guys who love it, and there's even some on the fringes who don't really like it. They're just good at it. I think that the reason Brad Holmes like lost his mind and almost broke the table uh, when they were able to get Panay Sewell with their first draft pick together is is that. I mean, it's, it's everything you see on film. I mean, he's a dancing bear. He's 330, 340, but... He can move. I mean, he's running a pass route against Minnesota on third down last season. He's what about that play last night? He's in motion. He's in motion as an extra lineman motioning left just seals off. I believe it was Bosa Montgomery or whoever it was cuts off of him. He's special, but he, he just eat, eats, sleeps, breathes football. I got that sense when we sat down for a story last year and he said, that he would die for his teammates on the field. I'm like, whoa, Panay, let's. This is you know pre Demar Hamlin and all of that. So it was, it was PC then. Don't worry, guys. But kind of gave him the chance to uh, slow the hyperbole. He said no, because I would die. Like you could see the pain in the locker room in his eyes after this game. Man, he was uh, he was hurting. That th- this one stung. Panay Sewell, just like I'm sure it stung a lot of players in that locker room because it's not. I'll just say this, and I didn't really realize this until I really started covering football day to day, but some of those Packers cleanup days, you know, after these crushing playoff losses, don't, there were some Panay Sewells. There were. There were guys. It was it hurt. So there's some guys that are there. They weren't that upset the football was over. You know, they're ready to get out with their lives and go see their families and go on vacation, and it's it's okay. I think the Lions are full of uh, full of players. It, 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 last night hurt, and it's going to hurt forever. It always, I always, whenever I see devastating conference championship losses, I think about that Viking Saints game that I was a part of um, when I worked for the Saints, when Favre was at Minnesota. I just felt like that set Minnesota's franchise back years. And there was a great point by Dan Campbell. Like, we, it, it's going to be hard to get back. He, that was so real, which tells you why he is the leader of that team. That is, a, that is such a real statement to make after a crushing that you're heartbroken and your, your leader is telling you, yeah, 
you should be heartbroken. Like this, you guys, that was a hell of a run and it's hard to get back. So take the hurt, go ahead and take this hurt. Here's uh, Dan Campbell's words verbatim on that point. Quote, look, I told those guys this might have been our only shot. Do I think that? No. Do I believe that? No. However, I know how hard it is to get here. I'm well aware. And it will be twice as hard to get back to this point next year than it was this year. That's the reality. And if we don't have the same hunger and the same work, which is a whole other thing once we get to the offseason, then we have no shot of getting back here. I don't care how much better we get, what we add, what we draft. It's irrelevant. It's going to be tough. Our division is going to be loaded back up. You're not hiding from anybody anymore. Everybody's going to want a piece of you, which is fine, which is fine. So it's hard. You want to make the most out of every opportunity. We had an opportunity and we just couldn't close it out. It stinks. I mean, it, it, it can't even do it justice. Everybody out there should just go watch this press conference. It was unbelievable. You, you, you could just see on his face. You know, right out of the shoot, he's asked about the fourth downs, and he like just you know he takes his hat off. He's just like rubbing his forehead, rubbing his eyes, and just asked to relive it again that soon after the game. And yeah, that like like Dan Campbell said himself though, that's uh, what makes football unlike anything going. It's the drama, the highs, the lows. It's all one on the fringes. It's all one on a fourth and two decision or, uh, you know, Kindle Vildor Brandon Ayuk matchup 50 yards downfield. <laughs> Jim, you know, my, Tyler, real fun. quick. Last thing, if it might, something my mom said, it made me think of it when you just described that play. Um, and it's always a play like that in, in games or, calls from officials my mom obviously a long time wife of a head football coach at division three division two she said it's really hard to base your career on children and officials <laughs> that's so perfectly put so when you see plays sometimes it's all this x and o and the hours you spend in the office <laughs> at the end of the day you got a bunch of kids running around out there and officials that you don't know what they're going to call It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, now it resets for every team that's not Kansas City or San Francisco. It, you've got all these scouts and coaches going down to Mobile, Alabama this week for the Senior Bowl. And then you've got the NFL Combine. And then you've got free agency. And then you've got pro days. And then you've got the draft. And then you've got rookie minicamp. And then you've got veteran minicamp. Aaron Rodgers won't be showing up, I'm guessing. And then you've got OTAs. And then you've got a month off and then you've got training camp for a month and a half. And then it's the season. It is the slog of all slogs. I mean, the lions, you've got seven months before you play another game. You're going to sit on this one for seven months. It's going to be longer than that. This is going to linger. <laughs> like we, like we get on with the bills, like the, the regular season for some of these teams, it's not going to matter. You, you really can't move on from losses like these until you get to the playoffs. It's, it's when you start, it's, this is the hard part. I always say, this is, like I said, this is the new, like when you're a scout, this is now officially happy new senior bowl is the new season. The new year starts at the senior bowl. That's how I always said it. Um, and man, when you're heartbroken right now it is like you just said, and you look at the schedule, you're like, whatever, like, whatever, just get me the who 
let's get me back to the NFC Championship. Can I just be? Can I fast forward through the through the grind of the the up and downs and the right? And then that's when, in your own division, you'll have Matt Lafleur and Jordan Love saying, "Hey now, hey now, we went, we got something to say about that." And Caleb Williams is coming. Vikings and Caleb, Caleb Williams, Williams is coming. Bears. Jordan, you got Jordan Love. Well, the coverage ain't going to stop here to go along. I cannot wait for the off season. That's a great opportunity for us to uh, attack some projects at the website and this podcast fueled by our good friends at Fatty Beer Company in Western New York. We'll trudge right along. Get on in downtown Orchard Park, Hamburg, Kenmore, Tonawanda. If you're local here in Western New York, Fatty has a beer for you, as always, to help soothe the pain of the off season, whoever you root for. This is going to be a great matchup, though, Jim. I'm looking forward to uh, looking at all angles of Chiefs, 49ers with you here on the pod. We're going to pick it up soon. Have some cool surprises for you guys, too, uh, on the pod and at the site. Thank you so much, everyone. Mm-hmm.